welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. Uh, can you adjust the sound for me a bit? Then give me a bit more bass. The mid range is too much. Uh, praise the Lord. I think that's better. I like it to be a bit heavy. This morning we're going to look at a subject, a matter that most people in the world don't even think exists. The majority of people in the world don't know about it and they don't even believe it if they know about it. Many of them don't even think that they think that exists. And yet, it affects almost everybody. Everybody in the world. In that it affects us negatively in this life and ultimately, we lead the majority into hell. So this matter is of vital importance. It is of utmost importance. And therefore, we keep repeating it. We keep teaching and preaching it time and time again. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And Jesus provided a solution for that. And therefore, I want you to pay careful attention. You may have heard it before several times. But may the Lord give you fresh understanding this morning. May God give you new insight today. So if you're with us here in this auditorium, or in Ghana, or outside the borders of Ghana, please listen carefully. And don't just brush it aside. That will be deception. And the subject is that of deliverance. Deliverance. The title, therefore, is Demons in Humans. Demons in Humans. Demons in Humans. Title. And this is what some, some many people in the world will dispute. They will argue. They will, they will just, you know, brush off. And yet, <laughs> it is so important in our everyday, day-to-day lives, and ultimately, we lead, to, lead many to hell. Demons in humans. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12. Matthew 12, verses 43 to 46. 
to 45. Verse 43 to 45. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43, 44, and 45. That's three verses. Demons in humans. Matthew 12, 43 to 45. This is Jesus teaching. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last stage of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Jesus, when he was here in the world, gave us so much revelation. Being God and having come down to the earth from heaven, and having made all things and all things known to him, he showed us many things that we will otherwise never have known. He taught us many things. And following after him, his disciples also taught us many things as he gave them revelation that you and I will never have known. And this is one of the pivotal things that Jesus told us about. And we see it happening every day. We see it in the lives of unbelievers and we see it in the lives of even believers. And this is what is controlling the lives of multitudes of people in the world. Jesus said that when an unclean spirit, the same as a demon, unclean spirits are demons. When they are cast out or when they go out of a man, in other words, they were already before in a man. But they can go out and come in. When they go out by force, means that they are cast out. They go through dry places, seeking rest. Demons don't inhabit animals. They don't go into animals. They don't go into trees. If they do, they do so temporarily, just for a time. But they are most comfortable in humans. Because they are then able to control humans. They don't control trees or animals. They want to control humans. With the purpose of destroying our lives here in this life. And ultimately leading us to hell. Where they are going to. When they go out, they go through dry places looking for rest. But they find no rest anywhere else except in human beings. So, he says to himself, I will go back to my house from where I came. My house, where he was most comfortable. He comes back and sees that that person out of whom he came is clean, swept, 
empty, put in order. Everything is now different. Everything now is different. Except that the place is empty. So now, to avoid being cast out again, he goes and calls seven other demons more wicked than himself. Now, now, eight of them, they come and enter into that person. And it was bad enough when he was the only person, the only demon. Now there are eight. Jesus said, and the final stage of that man is worse than before. Then he asked a concluding passage, so shall it be with this wicked generation. Now, Jesus likens it not only to an individual, but in fact to the whole world. And church, you can see it happening now. The world is now becoming more and more demonized. In fact, the world now, as we speed on toward the end of the era, the end is becoming demon-possessed. The world has become demon-possessed. Demons are controlling most of the things happening in the world now. In nations, in, 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 in companies, in, in, in people's lives, in everything that's happening, you can see there is some strong demonic control going on here. Like not before. And therefore, you and I, as Christians, we need to be reminded about this thing regularly, as often as possible, with the purpose that you can, you will be able to interpret what is going on around you. You must be able to interpret, to be able to understand spiritual things going on around you, especially when they are demonically engineered. Not to mention your own life. It is wrong. It is bad. In fact, it is death to just Live your life as if the life that you are living is all. There is a very, very huge spiritual component. Battle war going on between God and the kingdom of hell. Therefore, Jesus, in these three verses, gave us a lot of information about demons. Especially what they do in humans. Demons are given many names in the Bible. There are many names. We know them as demons. Jesus here refers to them as unclean spirits because they are not clean. They are unclean spirits. They are wicked spirits because they are wicked. We see it here all the time. Wicked spirits. They are very, very wicked. Very wicked. Foul-smelling spirits. They, can, they smell. They are foul spirits. And these are fallen angels. Fallen angels. They used to be holy angels in heaven until they rose up against God in heaven, leading to causing war in heaven. And they were cast out. And they became fallen angels. These are demons. They couldn't defeat God in heaven. They were unable to defeat Christ on the cross. Therefore, they've taken the fight to us. God loving you and loving me 
they decide, Satan has decided, okay, if I couldn't defeat God in heaven, and Jesus defeated me on the cross, then I will wage war on the children of God or humans. So that people that God has made in his own likeness and image, he will take us all with him to hell. And that's how he wants to have revenge on God and Jesus. But he has failed. Because of you and me, he has already failed. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. <laughs> Beloved, be reminded again, if you didn't know this, wherever you are on the face of the earth, remember, know this, that every human being, every human being is made up of three parts. Three parts. It's not just the person you see. Everyone you see is made up of three parts. The first part is his spirit. His or her spirit. And that gives that person life. It is the presence of the spirit in that person that gives the person life. Immediately the spirit departs, the person dies. The soul goes to sleep and the body begins to rot. The spirit is what gives every one of us life. Then the second part is his or her soul. Soul. S-O-U-L. Soul. The soul is very important. Also made up of three parts. The soul itself consists of three parts. The person's mind, the kind of mind that he has, the mind, what he thinks about, what he reckons important and what he reckons unimportant, the mind with which he thinks, part of the soul. The, his intellect, intellect, intellectual capabilities, what he has learned, what he has put into his head. Intellect. There are many in the world now who know nothing about God. In fact, in most schools in the world now, God has been kicked out. They don't teach God in schools anymore. Especially when you go to the advanced countries, so-called advan advanced countries, they, they have become so advanced that they have advanced beyond God. Therefore, they don't teach their children anything about God in schools anymore. So, a child can grow up in some parts of the world not having heard about God at all. Not having heard about scripture. Not, not knowing anything about Jesus. Not knowing anything about the worship of God. But that child's head is filled with the latest developments of technology, IT, computers, everything. That child, and, and, and that child may even earn Prizes and Nobel Peace Prize without knowing anything about God. So, the intellect is very, very important. And such a person becomes so distant from things of God that it is difficult witnessing such a person. Intellect. And then your emotions. Emotions. So, intellect, mind, and emotions. Emotions is the way you react 
to events, to things around you? Do you enjoy being in the house of God? Do you enjoy hearing the word of God? Do you find coming to church attractive, something you can boast about, or do you get angry? Are you angered? Do you get furious at anything of God? But rather, your pleasure is in other things. Your pleasure is in worldly things. That's where you show your emotion. Your interest is only in your work. When it comes to your work, you can work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But when it comes to just spending a few hours in the house of God, you are not interested. So your emotions, your reaction, response to things around you, especially spiritual things, this forms a very important part of the soul. That's why we say when you come to the house of God, you don't just sit idle, sit still. But if you are a child of God and you really show joy, happiness in the things of God, whatever you are doing here, you do some. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus. And then, of course, the body. The body is what we see. The body is the physical part of the human being, which we call the flesh. The flesh which God made from the dust of the earth, breathed into the nostrils, and man became, God put spirit in him, and then that became a living being. Physical part, what we see. What it means, that church? Seeing But inside that person, a lot more, far more than what you can see on the outside. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. Clap your hands for Jesus again. <laughs> Scripture teaches us that a human being can be inhabited by demons. A human being can be occupied, inhabited by demons. And deliverance, what you call deliverance, deliverance is the act. It's the act whereby demons are cast out of a person in the name of Jesus. True, genuine, lasting deliverance can only happen in the name of Jesus. There's no other name under heaven, given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. No other name. Therefore, when you're facing difficulties, that you think they are spiritual in origin, you don't go to Babalawo, you don't go to Jujuman for your deliverance, for the solution. You don't go anywhere for, for a solution. You come to Jesus. Because there's no other name according to the word of God under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen. Demonization. The occupation of a human being by demons is what we call demonization. A person demonized. Demonization. And right now, the majority of mankind 
are demonized. Satan being the deceiver of the world. The deceiver of the world, he deceives deceive them by not, by not making them think about it. By not making them believe it. You see, when you don't know that something exists, you wouldn't even know what that thing is doing to you or for you. When you don't know that something exists, then you wouldn't even think what that thing is doing to you or for you. And that's why this subject is very, very important. Now, the occupation, the occupation or the indwelling of a demon in a person, in his body or soul, or sometimes followed, followed or monitored, you see, a demon can enter the person and stay in one area of that person. They're going to stay in the soul, take over the soul, the spirit and the body are free, but they are controlling the soul. Or they can take over the body, control the body, or they can even follow. In fact, most people, when it comes to Christians, most of us, they follow us. They may not enter into a Christian, but they follow you. Having been cast out, when they are cast out, they follow. And they monitor. we we'll say more about this. As a believer, if they cannot enter and occupy your soul or body, they follow you. They monitor us. They try to control events around us. Many of you bear me witness. Demonically, you are free. But they can affect your business. They can influence your application for a job. They can go and sit on They know you've applied for a job. And that's a good job. So they go and influence those who are to take the decision to employ you. They go and influence them. They put your application away. You go to the hospital. They are there. They are everywhere. So not only can they enter and control you, but they can also control you from the outside, destroying your businesses, your finances, even your children, your marriage. Your marriage. Destroying your properties. No money stays in your hand. You open a business and no customers, they drive out customers. I remember many years ago, we had this sister who opened a shop at uh, uh, Michelle Camp area. And we went to dedicate the shop for her. Very nice place. And for the first four weeks, business was booming. Business was booming. And then suddenly, just like you switch off light, the customers stopped coming to the shop. Customers just stopped. She would sit there the whole week, and not one customer would enter her shop. But she was smart enough to realize that, no, this is not right. There must be something going on. So she informed me. And I agreed with her. And I advised her. I said, well, we have to do a very simple thing. When you go to your shop in the morning, don't just open the shop and then start saying, no. Shut the door behind you. Stay inside the shop. Pray. Five minutes, ten minutes. Every morning before you open for business, Pray in the name of Jesus. And then 
just add one or two anointing at the entrance. Because I can see. I can see that they have sent spiritual dogs. Dogs, they place spiritual demons in the form of dogs. Barking and driving away your customers. And then, after you've closed for the day, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, when you close the, the, the door, pray, commit the shop into the hands of God. After God will position angels in your absence, God will position his angels in the shop once you have gone home. So that after you have gone, demons will not come into the shop and mess things around. She did that. And lo and behold, business began to pick up more than before. Before, she was going to Accra to bring in goods once a week. A time came after that. Now she was going two or three times a week to Accra to stock her shop. May God help us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Beloved, remember that whatever business you are doing, the community where you live, the office where you work, the school where you teach, they are everywhere. And their agenda is to harass, is to trouble, so that you will not prosper. So you will not even have money to give to God as an offering or sacrifice. So that eventually when you are so harassed and you are so desperate, being a Christian, then you will come to the wrong conclusion that God is not able to help you. God is powerless. So that now they will lead you, they will lead you to where you think you can get the solution. And lo and behold, when you get there, then they leave you alone. You begin to prosper. You shall begin to prosper. Then you think, deceived, that oh, in fact, that person who did the juju for me is even more powerful than God. No, sir, no, madam. Many years ago, I was ministering at Teshi, and we were, trying to, we were delivering a sister who had just opened the shop. Shop wasn't prospering. The demons, the, the area demons said, oh, we will not allow her to prosper. We won't. Unless she comes to us. When she comes to us and we do our thing for her. When we do our own demonic thing for her, then her shop will prosper. But unless she comes to us, her shop, no way, will not prosper. We cast out the demons and she began to prosper. May you all prosper in the name of Jesus. May God give you all divine prosperity in the name of Jesus. There was a sister also who was, um, is not us, is a hairdresser. Hairdresser. Very good hairdresser. She had many apprentices under her. And one of them misbehaved. One of her apprentices misbehaved and she punished her many years ago. But after that, she realized that anytime she handled the creams for the hairdressing, her hands will swell up. Doctor said that was a reaction. It was allergic reaction. Her hands will swell up and very painful. So she stopped. She stopped hairdressing. Hairdresser who stopped hairdressing. She was in the house waiting on her husband to give her whatever he could afford. Until one day we were praying then the demons, if she told me, I said, no, this is not, this is not, this is not correct. Something, there's something going on. So we began to take her to deliverance the demons. It was her apprentice of many years ago 
who was attacking her. We cast the demon out. And from that very day onwards, she began to head, do hairdressing. Her hands were okay up to today. Up to today. From that, she was able to buy half plot of land at Oyarefa and is building her house right now. May God do so for you also in the name of Jesus. Clap your two hands for Jesus. They may not therefore be able to enter you as a Christian, but they can influence you. And they influence you, they influence you in a negative way. Many of us have been influenced so negatively for so long that we have accepted the status quo as normal. Oh, that's how it is. That's how everybody is, is having it. So, well, I'm not different. Uh, once I can get my daily bread, I'm okay. You are not okay. No, sir. No, madam. Just say Amen. And this when we said that these demons can inhabit the soul and the body. And they can follow and influence situations. Follow and influence situations. Now, when they inhabit the spirit, that's serious. That is not very common. So serious that God does not allow it to happen very often. Not even to unbelievers. Because unbelievers, God is expecting them that they will believe one day. God wants all unbelievers to believe and to come to a true knowledge of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Church, say amen. amen. Therefore, God does not allow these demons to attack our spirit that easily. When their spirit is taking over, that is it. The spirit that gives life, when it's taken over by demons, very often, then the soul and the body is also involved. There's an involvement of the soul and the body. Not just the spirit. When the spirit is involved, there's also an involvement of the soul and the spirit. And the end result of such a person is what we call madness. The person is mad. You see lunatics. We have many lunatic asylums all over the world. Psychiatrists are very, very busy. The mind is gone. The soul is gone. The body is gone. The body is gone so they don't even dread. They, they are so shameless. They, they walk about naked. They don't even know they have a body. The body has been taken up by demons. They are dirty because demons are dirty. So these people, actually, they, 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 mirror, they mirror the image of the demon that is inside of them. It's just that they want to go to Europe because of the cold weather they dress up. You can see a madman in suit dressed better than a, than a rich man in Ghana. A madman in Europe is dressed better than a rich man in Ghana. Because of the cold weather that they freeze to death. But here you see them. The body is gone, they are naked, they don't bath, don't do anything, just walk about, they sleep. They sleep in a gutter room. They don't even know where they are sleeping. The intellect is gone, the mind is gone. No emotions. You have no, everything is taken over. Spirit is gone. So, occupation or inhabiting of the mind, sorry, of the spirit by demons, is not common. But when it happens, it leads to what we call madness, lunacy, major psychosis, psychiatrists call it. Major psychosis. Somebody say bipolar. Bipolar. Can you give all kinds of names? Mind is gone, soul is gone, body is gone. Bipolar. Church, when demons control the soul, 
the soul. You said the soul is mind, intellect, and emotions. They then capture, they made that person captive. Because the soul is where decisions, the mind is where decisions are made. Where decisions are made, where you make your decisions. Like, before you decide to come here today, you have to reason. Oh, today is Sunday morning. Oh, your intellect has to Sunday. Today is Sunday morning. That's your intellect. Today is Sunday. Now you call the church service. That's your intellect. Then your mind will then process that intellectual information. Oh, I have to be in church. Must I go or must I not go? I go out. So now mind side, that's what you decide. And depending on your emotion, how you find church service, how important you think it is, how, how enjoyable you find it, how you know you are looking forward to what things, then using your emotions, then you said that then your mind said I'll go, you go. So everything else you push aside and you come to church. So the soul is very, very important. Very important. And when demons capture the person's soul, the spirit is free, the person is not mad. In fact, it may very well be even a Christian in the church. The person's soul is captured. First of all, the intellect is filled with useless things. Useless things. The mind takes decisions that are antichrist. The mind takes decisions that are against God. And things of God, you don't find emotionally interesting. Things of God are boring. They are tiresome. I go only once, well, once every three months or Christmas or 31st, I watch night. Okay, that should, be, that should be okay for the rest of the year. Uh, I've given God enough time for the year. The rest of the time is enjoying. Sunday morning is a, a mutual joint. Uh, Friday evening is the sport. Sport with friends. Um, every time there's something going on, there's a, uh, somebody is having a bad day here. A death, death day here. You know, they, they are everywhere by the house of God. Not the soul. Not the soul. Therefore, the soul is a very fertile place for Satan and his demons. But there they hold people captive. They hold them captive to do things that they want them to do. They hold them captive that they will do things that they, the demons, want that person to do. Not what God wants them to do. They take decisions. It's their own decisions. It's their own mind. That is from them. But no, it is from somebody else. Somebody is Satan. That a person is not free to accept Jesus. He is not let free to accept Jesus. And worship God in spirit and in truth. No. Even though he said he will say I've accepted Jesus, but he you can see that by you know by his actions, he, he's still not free. There's something holding him back. It's a restraining force. Whereas others find it so enjoyable, so good to be committed, that person is fighting on, struggling on. There are times when you he will stop coming to church for a long time, then you appear, and the whole church is very happy, only to disappear again, making the whole church sad. 
He appears again. It's like a like a whale comes out of water and then goes down. So do so. And we know we know what the do so. I don't waste my time on when I, I can't see you, I pray for you. If you, if you do so, I leave you alone. I can see that you are under demonic oppression. You are demonic control. I leave you alone and pray that Lord. When I pray, secret prayer in my house or in my quiet, I say, Lord, deliver such a person. No. Lord, deliver him, deliver her. The hymns are more than the hairs. In the name of Jesus. So, demonic control of the soul <laughs> renders a person captive. Captivity. The person is not free. Sometimes he wants to. The spirit is willing. The spirit in him is willing. But the flesh, body is weak. He can't worship. He's cold. He's a cold Christian in a hot church. Lukewarm Christian in a hot church. He keeps backsliding. Backsliding, backsliding. Sometimes he's falling into sins. When you sin, then you come out, confess. Sin, come out, confess. Second Timothy 2.26. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. Second Timothy 2, verse 26. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty six, and that they may come to their senses, and that they may come to their senses, and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. When I say captive, you are not. It's no longer your senses at work. It's no longer your senses that are controlling you. You fall into a snare, a trap, be taken captive. And you are being controlled. So it's no longer your sense. But when you come to your senses, then the Holy Ghost is able to control you. But when your senses are being controlled by the devil, uh, he holds you captive to do according to his will. When the body is occupied or inhabited or indwelled by demons, we talk about indwelling of the soul. Soul. Therefore, if you can hear the sound of my voice today, as you understand these things, may God open your eyes. May God make you come to your senses. So in your own life, in the life of those around you, you can see what is going on. I mean, I find it difficult to accept when somebody in this church, so-called believer, Christian, and then a brother who is an unbeliever says, stop that chair. Don't go there. Don't go there again. Then she too, she stops. I mean, that is, that is silly. That person, and that person has, has tasted. She has tasted of the power of the age to come. Has, has tasted of the power of God. And the brother says, no, don't go there again. Then she, she obeys the brother rather than the word of God. When the body is attacked or inhabited, it leads to all kinds of sicknesses, diseases, torment, and sometimes even premature death. 
This is attacks to the body. Attacks to the body. And we see that for one reason or the other, they may attack your body. Sickness, diseases, torment, sometimes premature death. Premature death. Today, this, tomorrow, that, tomorrow, this, that, this, that. Let's go to Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5. I've got something there first. 2 Corinthians um, 10, 3 5. 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 4, and 5. This Paul writing by the Holy Spirit to the church at Corinth. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty God, for pulling down stronger holds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bible is saying that, yes, though you see us as flesh as humans, we walk in the flesh. You don't see us as spirits. We're in the flesh. That's what you see. But there's a war going on. And that war is not fleshly. It's not physical. It's not carnal. It's a spiritual war. Spiritual warfare. There's war going on in the life of every individual. From the day you are born, even from the womb. From the womb. The womb. Right now, I know that many nations, some nations in the world, a woman is saying they are now, abortion is now a big issue. All the women want to commit abortion. The matter even has gone up to the Supreme Court. Imagine now human beings want to kill their babies. Babies. And they are so emotional about it that it's, it's been influencing election, election results. Abortion. Who has thought abortion will influence election results? It's happening in some nations in the world. These are all demonically engineered. It's demonic engineering. So, though we walk in the flesh, we are not warring in the flesh. The battle is not the, the, the battle is spiritual. And the battle involves the mind. Casting down, first you have to pull down strongholds. Strongholds have to be pulled down. Against have to be cast down. Arguments against things of God. Casting down arguments. And every high thing, demons that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Demons exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. Mm. And bringing every thought, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of of Christ. Unless these things are done, you cannot bring thoughts to Christ's captivity. Unless the strongholds are brought down. Unless these demons that are exalting themselves in people's lives against the knowledge of God, unless they are cast out, unless they are, they, 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 they are driven out, 
you cannot you cannot bring that person's thoughts to the captivity of God. But the thought is very, very, very important. That's the, that's the mind. For Christ to captivate that thought. That's why so many few, so, so few are in the house of God. And even among them, fewer, yet fewer are genuine. Now, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. This is concerning Paul himself. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. This is what Paul talking about himself. In this case, God allowed it. God loved God. Otherwise, Paul would have become so, so arrogantly pompous, so proud because of the revelation. You know, Paul had to say, Well, any time the church will write a letter to him that do, Paul, we are having this problem in the church. What do we do? Then God will tell him what to tell them. He will write it. So revelation, originality. You are coming up with original material. Original things that Jesus, if not even Jesus, taught when he was here on earth. Anytime the church at Corinth will write, they send messengers. Brother Paul, Apostle Paul, we are having this problem in the church. What do we do? Paul will say this, and that's what how God wrote his Bible. So Paul had abundant revelation, original material, manuscripts that nobody knew before. And any human being can become proud. Proud. I mean, someone that angels who appear to him and talk to him, you know, somebody will fall down from, from the third floor, picked up dead, Paul will lay hand, the person will get back to life, they will continue preaching. I mean, somebody, God forbid, somebody fall dead here right now. We all end our general hospital. The, the, church, the church service is over, isn't it? Even if, even if I, I pray and the person gets back to life, can we continue? Yeah, we can't even continue anymore. So, God allowed a demon to actually buffet Paul. He said, a thorn in his flesh. It was in his body. Not in his soul or, or spirit, in the body. Paul doesn't go to details. He said, a messenger of Satan as a demon was allowed to be afflicting Paul to let him know that he was a human being. That he would not become too arrogant, too proud, too pompous. He said, less has become proud a thorn was given to me, a thorn in the flesh, in his body, by God. God allows it. Sometimes God does that. When God gives somebody, somebody I cannot tell you, when God gives somebody so much, uh, God will always remind that person that you are a human being. You are a man, you are a woman. And therefore, God will put some limitation that will keep reminding that person not to become uh, too arrogantly pompous. It happens. So there are times when God will allow a messenger to buffet you. And I keep on saying that many of, many of us, uh, we are in the house of God for some reason. It may be some sickness. You are believing God for your healing. If that healing hasn't come, not because God, doesn't, God cannot heal you. But if God should heal you today, maybe you won't come again. So may that sickness remain for a while. 
Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, yes. If you get a healing now, or if God should make you rich now. Rich now. <laughs> so, tomorrow you are in first business class to Dubai. Who will be here to, ne next week? So, may, may the poverty remain for a while. And may God supply all your needs according to, according to riches. <laughs> you supply your needs, but not your desires. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus. But it is only for a while. That's why see, the reason is that therefore the answer is become established. You see, when God sees that you are not established, committed, you can see the heart, you can see your soul. Now your soul is, your heart is a man after his own heart. Then, the breakthrough will come. Then God knows, like Job, that when he gives that breakthrough, nothing can influence you. But many of us, when God gives us a breakthrough, now even I myself, you don't see me here again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If God should give you a private jet right now, private jet, I, I can't park the jet. I have to be flying. The jet is not, it's not meant to be parked. So this Sunday, oh, I'm preaching in New York. Then the following Sunday, I'm in Toronto, Canada. <laughs> but the, the jet must fly. Praise the Lord. The following Sunday, I'll, I'll come when we are saying the grace and the goodness. I'll pass through. I'm on my way to Nigeria, South Africa, Korea, wherever, Togo, even Togo, I'll fly there. Praise the Lord. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So, may God not give me a private jet now. Oh, you are saying, I don't want a private jet. Otherwise, I will fly. I have to be flying. I, I don't want to fly. I want, I, I want to walk. I want to be here. Praise the Lord. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Deliverance. Deliverance. Jesus, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, a deliverance, when a person is delivered. An unbeliever or a demonized believer can be delivered. Can he can be delivered from demonic bondage? He can. And this can only happen through true repentance. The person must repent truly. Repentance must be absolute. If you want your deliverance, wherever you are, having now no, I'm sure many of you outside listening to the sound of my voice now begin to see that. Oh, now I see. Manamata said, so, so all this happening to me, demons are behind it. That you need deliverance. And deliverance can only happen in the name of Jesus. Through genuine repentance, as forsaking your sinful ways, you are not you are drinking. Don't let anyone deceive you that alcohol is okay. Don't let anyone deceive you. They love the devil that to drink, get drunk is okay. Let no one deceive you. Don't, 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 don't lie. Don't steal. Don't cheat. Don't be unfaithful. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. Bear the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Bear that fruit. Repentance. And uh, an encounter, deliverance can only happen through one, true repentance and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. 
Believing in Jesus and repenting in church does not bring deliverance. But this demon, they need to be cast out. Yes, you believed. Repented. You've come to Christ. But there are things hanging on you. Things hanging on you that need to be discarded, driven out, taken. And you need to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, the power of God. It's only the power of God in the name of Jesus that can do that. Don't forget that there are many Christians who think once it's the church, or that that's why you see God has anointed some of his servants going to deliverance. We're coming to that. We need to have undergone true repentance, regardless of what it will cost you. It may cost you something. It may cost that it may cost you your business, your job, your source of income. You are getting money from a boyfriend, a girlfriend. You have to stop. It may lead you to poverty, hardships. If we are doing some things that were helping you and don't think we're saying, you have to stop. True repentance. And then an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's why I don't believe in churches that just receive thousands of people, charge them money, and then pretend to take them to deliverance. The person has not repented. The person is living in sin. Repentance is therefore a, pro- a deliverance, a process. Deliverance, a process. The person comes. Hear the word of God. Accept Jesus. Now he has to be taught to, to, to forsake his old ways. And that takes time. They give things one by one, one by one, one by one. Eventually, they still hang on to some things. Then they must have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. So if you have a church where the Holy Ghost's power is not there, forget it. You cannot have deliverance if your church that means you can't, there's no encounter, encounter the Holy Ghost there. There's no power of God there. You cannot. It's impossible. And we see it happening all the time. People come from different churches and they are oppressed. They are harassed. I know someone who was a very successful electrician. Electrician with government contracts. Government contracts. And this person was, was under a bishop. Under a bishop in Ghana here. Close to the bishop. But then, over a short period of time, what happened? Now, the government stopped paying his contract fees, so money wasn't coming in. He would do the contracts with the old money, but they were not paying him, so he became broke. Within a short time, he became broke. He didn't even have money to feed his family. Then the contracts stopped coming. No more contracts. Notice I didn't think that there was anything going wrong. Take matters worse. He had a, a brand new vehicle. A pickup. That not less than one or two years old. This vehicle was involved in an accident. And the vehicle was divided into two. Half here and half there. Two, split into two. It still didn't click to him. One day he was, now without a vehicle, he was walking by the roadside when a trotter just left the road, cleared him, and the trotter went back on the road and drove away. Broken leg. He was in Kolebu for six months or three months. Kolebu admission. It still didn't click to him that there was anything wrong. How foolish can a man be? 
how ignorant. All these things happening around us, and you are still there. And he was under a bishop. Then, his wife said he was le- she was leaving him. That's when he rather ate. So he went to the bishop, bishop prayed for him, but didn't work. We're in chapter four. When this young man came to me, I knew him before. So he came to me that I said, but what about your bishop? So Bishop, I pray for you, nothing's happening. He came, I said, oh, we'll pray for you. Come miracles. Me on the 19th of this month, you're having miracle service here. So I said, I want you to come and bring your wife. The two of them came, chapter four. And during the administration, I laid hands. And for the first time in this man's life, he was both in the Lord. The first time, this man fell down and the wife too fell on the other side. When they, when they stood up, he woke up, he asked the wife, what happened? The wife said, oh, with the husband, the husband, they were happy. He made that form. And they went away and that was it. Cast out demons, powerful demons. Cast them out. Now the wife was no longer wife now was like Romeo and Juliet. That's I was leaving. I don't think. Also, I was fine. But deliverance is something that after the minister has this, the person goes away, doesn't even say thank you. That's why some pastors will charge money for deliverance, which they don't even do. Put five thousand. I'll lay one finger on you, and you are delivered. Go and see Pastor uh, James. Honey, when I see the receipts, then I'll pray for you. It's very unrewarding. But see, the Bible said, freely have we received, therefore freely must we give. Clap your hands for Jesus. <laughs> Deliverance, therefore, is a very delicate and that requires knowledge. And there are many who are chasing going to the wrong places for deliverance. Chasing the wrong people for deliverance. The person to chase is, to chase is Jesus Christ. Not the person. Chase Jesus Christ. What the power of God is. So repentance and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And the anointing church, the thing that the anointing must be high enough. The power of God in the church must be high enough to overpower and overcome the demon that is harassing, attacking you. Otherwise, forget it. Go to Asimov. You know Asimov's forest? That's where they do all the deliverance. Praise the Lord. And when I go there, if, if they were doing deliverance there, then the, the forest might be filled with demons. That also. God, if you look at the people who go there, they're all delivered. Then every tree must have a thousand demons in that tree. Ashimota Forest. Then how can Ashimota School, how can they pass their exams? <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, uh, let, let, let's be analytical. If, if demons are being left in Ashimota Forest, and then the school is just next to them, can you believe that? Ashimota School is just next to the forest. The forest is, is, is filled with demons. Using only the, child, the children there to pass their exams. It means that no deliverance is taking place. They, they don't take you there. No, no deliverance takes place. They just go and lay hands. And then can you do I know, I know someone who went there six times and was not delivered. Six times. Margaret Churro, what's her name? Went to forest six times and she was still not delivered. She came to where Miracle was passed and she, was, she began to get the deliverance. You don't 
to go to in other words, you don't need to go to Atimata Forest. You don't need to go to Manfe on the mountain. Don't go to Chobodom for your deliverance. Praise the Lord. Deliverance is in the house of God. If only you are truly repented and you want an encounter with the Holy Ghost, whatever you are, you can get your deliverance. But the, the anointing of the pastor must be high enough to overcome the power of the demon. Otherwise, forget it. It is not the Atimata Forest that delivers. Hello? It is not a prayer camp that... Did Jesus have any prayer camps? Did Paul have any prayer camp? Do you have a prayer camp? So then why do some of you go to uh, that place? It's a place that, I see some of you there, Pram Pram. I see you in the spirit, Pram Pram. Praise the Lord. Is it, it doesn't take long to do deliverance. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take you to be two weeks in the prayer camp. You don't have to go and spend a whole day drinking pure water in Atom Water Forest. You don't have to. You can get your deliverance here. If only you are genuinely repented and you seek and encounter the Holy Ghost. Every anointing that we need is here. God has said that here in FCSC, no demon. And when God says it, that is it. No demon shall be able to stand before us in this place. And we see it happening all the time. No demon so far have been able to stand against the power of God. Because not my power, it is the power of Christ. Just say amen. amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So they say, oh, let's go here. Some prophet is here. Some prophetess is here. Forget it. They will go and give you a bone you have to drink. They will give you, um, what do you call it? Uh, bathroom water to bath. Oh yeah, there's a prophet at a, where now they had a uh, what? That hotel at, La, at uh, Labadi uh, what was it? Is it Labadi? Pa, Palm, Palm, La Palm Hotel. Hey, there was a prophet there called Papa Paul. You know Papa Paul? You know Papa Paul? Before some of you were born. When he's bathing, when the, when the man was bathing, he would be at, behind the bathroom collecting the water. Collecting the bathroom water, and which they sell at very high prices. They want to use it to bath. Some of these bath water used to bath, and you get your deliverance. That's not how. It, <laughs> that's how, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. And people are going there in their thousands, Papa Paul, thousands. People are queuing to buy the bathroom water. Because the demons have different ranks of power, different levels of power. Some are very high-ranking demons, others are low. And therefore, you, the, deliver, the, the deliverance minister, when you start, you must know the rank of the, of the demon you are dealing with. And then when you know it, then inside of you, secretly, you pray that, Lord, this one is a very powerful and say, in fact, it's a principality. Then God also knowing that you know, will give you, immediately God will raise the temple. God will begin to raise the power. The Holy Ghost will begin to raise the fire. And eventually, a demon will just give in. Chief ones, they start begging immediately. But they don't go to us. They try to take you on. They take you on. And if you don't know what you are doing, if the demon is worrying that they are tired, hello? That they are tired. <laughs> I told that one uh, day we had a wedding. We had a wedding at chapter four or chapter three. Chapter three, we had a wedding, very big wedding. 
And after the wedding ceremony, I was in the office. Uh, with the, there was a visiting pastor who came from another church, a bigger church than ours, a more, more powerful church. Well, not more powerful, bigger church. And this pastor believed himself. He came from a very big church, you know. We are, we are in Kwarankwara, sorry, there. So in the office, we were chatting. Then this sister I knew was going to deliver, was not fully delivered yet. Came to tell her that, oh, Pastor, came to tell her that she was leaving. And so, okay, bye bye. Oh, thank you. Bye bye. Then this pastor who was the visiting pastor said, Oh, come, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. So he called her sister and began to lay hands in the office. When the wedding reception was going on, just next door, the immediately the demons stood up. And hey, hey. <laughs> that day you were you and who were the ushers? You were you and the and the, my wife and Mary Tego. Remember Mary Tego? They were the only two in the office, so and we couldn't open the door because it was a wedding reception, and there was deliverance going on. In fact, there was war going on in the office. The demon said, ah, "I was going my son. I came to tell Pastor I was going. Now you want to pray for me? Who who asked you to pray for me? You will see what I'll do to you today." To the pastor, now, me too. I was sitting. I was. I was, I was minding my own business. <laughs> about wedding, me. I said the person should go and say, "Come, let me pray for you," because you think that you are come from a bigger church, so you want to pray for everybody in the church. That they come and see. My wife and I, my wife and my take were the ushers, and I was just sitting. I see uncle. I I was listening carefully, watching everything. And no way. I allowed it to go on for about. About ten, about ten, about thirty minutes. Yeah, I allowed the pastor to suffer for thirty minutes. Suffer until he was sweating. Wow! My feet, my Hey, the the demon was my feet. Reception, my cell reception now. Oh, who asked you to touch me? Hey, but I said, come on, who asked you to touch me? Hey, so when the pastor has suffered enough. And I put down my pen. And I said, hey, 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 hey. You know me and I know you. He said, uh, well, and label. Well, and yeah. I just go in. Today is wedding. Somebody's wedding, reception. We don't do deliverance. I don't go to cast you out. But I bind you. Just go away quietly. Okay, you, 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 you. And then this pastor sat down. Started thinking. And they said, if you ask me, Amy, you know I'm back. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Clap your two hands for Jesus. You love it. <laughs> if God has not given it to you, don't, 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 don't pretend that you have it. I know what God, and I know my level. I know my level. And I don't go beyond my level. But I know that my level is high enough to cast out any demon that will manifest in this place. Put your hands for Jesus. Now, having been swept and put in order, the delivered person is empty. Swept, put in order, but empty. And therefore, there, there's a risk. There's a possibility of greater demonic danger. <laughs> immediately after deliverance, immediately after deliverance, there's that risk. The possibility of greater demonic 
bondage or they now they go and call more powerful i've seen it happen and they went and called the one from a, a town in, they went to benin republic benin republic called in more powerful demons they came two sundays later on they came Teshin. it was interesting very very interesting so before you remember that person is truly born again otherwise you go you go and deliver an unsaved person you are you the minister you are putting that person into great danger great danger hallelujah now remember that when you when you depart when you depart from true doctrine the church said true doctrine there's true doctrine and there's false doctrine listen to it carefully there's true doctrine and there's false doctrine departure from true doctrine exposes one to demonic deception because when you go out to the right off to the right or to the left you are exposed to demonic deception then doctrines of demons doctrines of demons will then take over the true doctrine your conscience then becomes seared then you become a hypocrite hypocrisy and lies come in and you don't seem to see it now look at the sequence and that's why the minister, the man of God, must be careful to teach true doctrine. Doctrine. Jesus said, teaching them all that I have commanded you. Teaching them, make disciples, teaching them everything I have taught you. The moment you depart from true doctrine, you go into doctrines of demons. They deceive you and making you think that that is correct. Your conscience becomes seared. Now you can't know the difference between good and bad. Now true doctrine, bad doctrine, you don't know the difference. They, they all look alike. Or at, at, at worst, you accept the false doctrine and reject the true doctrine. Hypocrisy comes in. You become a hypocrite. Thinking that going about saying you're a Christian, why you are not? You are hypocrites. Hypocrite. Oh, I'm also in this church. I'm also. You are hypocrite. Then lies come in. Begin to lie. Begin to lie. Begin to lie. It is therefore of vital importance to make sure that you always hear true doctrine, correct doctrine. You understand it. If you don't understand it, then ask. Correct doctrine. Then stay with the correct doctrine. Go with the correct doctrine. The moment you depart from that, you enter into the area of doctrines of demons deceiving you. Your conscience, you can now reason anymore. And that's why we see in these churches where you can see that false doctrines have been taught, the place is filled. Thousands of people. And you can hear, you see what the pastor is preaching, and it's wrong. Wrong doctrine, and yet people are sitting there. Every Sunday they are there. Every Sunday they are there. And some of them give them names, you know, they brand, brand names. What? Uh, you know them brand names. Very, 
very attractive names. Opamunsu only are there, you know. Oh, 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 you know, and you, you see, people, people got flogged there. Right? Others can they will not come. See a conscience. When you get to that point, it's difficult coming back. Difficult coming back. Church, may it never happen in this church. Amen. Let's go to First Timothy chapter one, chapter four, verse one to three. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter four. One to three. First Timothy four. One to three. Now, the Holy Spirit expressly, expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. They will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and, and know the truth. These are some of the examples. They mean forbid to marry. Forbid to marry. We pray for marriage here every time. They forbid to marry. They say, don't eat this, don't eat that. Bring a bone, bring a gachadia, cocoa, cocoa, near tongue, cocoa, one cup of cocoa for thousand cities. All kinds of doctrines. And people are going there in their thousands. But they've, they've departed from the faith, from true doctrine, giving heed to doctrines of, of, of demons. They also have demons. Doctrines of demons. That may never happen in this church. In Jesus' name, clap your hand for Jesus. Well, this song, you say, oh, I know my level. Years ago, eh? No, I mean, I found out you all know it. I'm the only one who doesn't know it. So after I tell you, you're going to listen to I know my level. Is that, is that what's happening? Okay, all right. I believe you. So, Lord, doctrine is very, very important. And here we are careful to teach the correct doctrine. That's what I'm teaching you now. Now, finally, finally, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, verse 27. Ephesians 4, 27. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 27. Nor give place to the devil. A very, very short verse. Nor give place to the devil. Don't give the devil any opportunity. Nor now I don't give the devil any opportunity. Don't give the devil any chance. Don't give a chance at all. Nor give place to the devil. Repeated engagement in sinful actions. Repeated engagement in sinful actions. Place, place, give place to the devil in our lives. Repeated engagement. In sinful, it can be some minor thing that you know wrong with you. Maybe um, some simple things. 
Big things you are okay, but little things you are guilty in little things. Little things. Um, if you dress in a worldly, people in the world, they dress. The men dress to attract the women. The women dress up to attract the men. Therefore, if you are a child of God, you dress, you, you, you dress up like a worldly woman. Uh, you are giving place to the devil. You are, you are trying to attract, attract men. Attract men. And you give place to the devil. The way you talk to people, you don't show respect to those under you. Talk to them by heart. You are, you are wicked. Wicked. You know what these demons are called? Wicked spirits. So if you are wicked, you are portraying their character. You are mimicking their character, their nature. Wickedness. Wickedness. Give, give no place to the devil. Nor give place to the devil. Don't give any place to the devil. That way, when you are delivered, you are able to maintain your deliverance. They may follow you. They will try to influence you, but they cannot enter into you. They cannot enter into you. And like I said, be spiritually aware where you live in a community. Community. Where you work. A sister going for an interview. Going for an interview. And her boss, her boss told her that if you are going for an interview, you should come for some herbal medicine, use it to wash your face. Then when you go, oh, the interview, they just pass you. She, she saw, no, this is, this, is, this is demonic. So she told me, I said, no, no, don't do that. Many, many people have done it. Oh, just wash your face with it. Go for the interview and you pass. And when she came, in fact, came out, that thing was demonically engineered. So be aware of what is going on around you. How people relate to you, those who love you, or the Spirit of God, they will love you as a Christian. Those who hate you without any justification. And then whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. If you are given some work to do, do it cheerfully. Do it, do it with all your, your mind, your soul. Do it with all your heart. Any work that you are doing, it's God who will bless you. God who will reward you. May God reward you. May God reward you, church. It's, 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 if you are doing some work for pay, you are paying at the end of the month or even day by day, do it with all your mind. I, I, I saw someone the other day, as a doctor, when I go to do a locum, a locum is like by day, you go and work in a hospital for a day, then they pay you. There's a fixed pay. Comes on, they have 500, 500 CDs a, a day. You start work, it's eight hour shift, and right now, 500 CDs. And some doctors will go and sit there, do very little, make about 100 CDs for the hospital and collect 500 CDs. But when I was doing locum, when I go to work, I make sure that if I'm going to collect 500 CDs, I make 5,000 for the hospital. I make sure that I keep, I keep count. I make sure I make 5,000, at least 5,000 for the hospital. So that when I collect my 500 for the day, I know I've earned it. But I won't show up late and close early, knowing that I've only made five, 200 CD for the hospital and then still insist on my 500. No, that is wrong. It's wrong. You're giving place to the devil. These, some of these little things are important. Little things are important. You sit in a trot row, trot row is what? It's um, three CDs um, or 350 and give that planket four CDs and you have to give you a change of what? 50 pesos. 
which he doesn't have. Even if he says he doesn't have, even if he has it, don't don't fight with him. On fan call fifty who the fifty p the idea by some of you will fight with fifty p. Praise the Lord. Also, only be a one fan call. He is lying, but don't go and fight with me at all. Don't fight with. Let me take the fifty p away. Some of these little things shows that you have the fruit of the self control, self control, fruit of the spirit. So give the devil no place. Give the devil no place. Demons in humans. May everyone in FCAC and everyone who has heard who has heard my voice today be delivered of every demonic activity in the name of Jesus. Let's be on our feet. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Are we blessed today? Let's all say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. If you came here sick, may you leave here healed. Amen. You came in here sick, you are leaving here healed. Amen. You came in here poor, you are leaving here rich. Amen. You came this morning impoverished, you are leaving here enriched. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Came in here this morning under some kind of demonic bondage. You are living here delivered. Amen. You are living the house of God delivered. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May every closed door be opened unto you today. Amen. Every closed door be opened unto you today. Amen. May God give you divine direction. Amen. May God tell you which way to go Amen. and which way not to go. May every closed door be thrown wide open unto you today. May your children, your children, children experience the divine prosperity of heaven. May they experience divine prosperity. May they grow up to know the house of God, the things of God, and the name of the Lord. May God open door for you for your marriage. May God plant seeds in your womb for you to have children. May God open marriage doors unto you all. May you have wonderful marriages in the name of Jesus. May God plant seeds of children in your wombs. And may you bear God-fearing children in the house of God. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. May God give you the power to put your foot on the neck of your enemies. May you grind the neck of your enemies under your feet. May they flee from you at your approaching. Whoever blesses you, may God also bless. Anyone that curses you, may God curse that person also. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Whoever blesses you, may God bless that person. And anyone that will dare curse you, may God care that person also. Any witch or wizard that will fly at you, may the fire of God consume that faith in the name of Jesus. When you lie down to sleep, may you have sweet heavenly dreams. May God visit you and reveal to you things of the future. May God reveal himself to you about things of the future. May your loved ones laugh with you. And may you laugh at your enemies. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hand for Jesus and be seated. joining us for the sunday morning's bible study and sermon we believe you have been blessed by the word join us same time next sunday and have a blessed week